The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. I'm Benjamin Dolly, and this is the VPM Daily Newscast. Several employees of the Henrico County Courthouse are in quarantine. General District Court Clerk Barbara Shaw told VPM News this comes after two employees tested positive for COVID-19. As a result, the criminal section of the court clerk's office is understaffed. That's led to some cases being postponed. Henrico Commonwealth's attorney Shannon Taylor was informed of the positive test last Friday. It's significant when such a large, you know, for one of the players in our criminal justice system, the clerk's office to be impacted to the degree it was. All traffic violation hearings that were scheduled from Tuesday, October 20th through Friday, October 30th were continued. Other cases in the building are still being heard. The circuit court is not affected. The court will update case statuses on Virginia's judicial system website, vacourts.gov. People who are having trouble finding their new court date can call the general district court clerk's office. A Chesterfield County internal audit released last week found no evidence the teachers' union, Chesterfield Education Association, had bullied school staff. Ian Stewart reports. Board of Supervisors Chair Leslie Haley called for the audit back in July after she received allegations of school staff being bullied online by CEA President Sonia Smith. But with respect to and being bullying in some sort of way, quite frankly, was alarming at first, but we don't have anything to hide. At the time, Smith was holding Facebook Live discussions on whether or not schools should opt for in-person learning or be 100% virtual. The audit gathered screenshots from online comments and concluded that many were from people not related to the school district. Smith says she feels validated by the outcome of the audit, but added that since July, CEA has not held any more Facebook Live discussions. Ian Stewart, VPM News. Chesterfield County Public Schools have announced several optional programs for future high school students. The programs focus on specific subjects like health science, arts and technology, and engineering studies. Students and families can attend virtual open houses through October and November. More information is available at mychesterfieldschools.com. Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney announced yesterday that the city will build a new high school. George Wythe High School is next in line to be replaced after one middle and two elementary schools in Southside opened in September. Stoney says George Wythe High has only undergone one renovation since it opened in 1960. Wythe now serves 1,300 students. It's the space where they'll spend four of the most consequential years of their lives. These years that are so impactful on our our kids' future shouldn't be spent in a building stuck in the past. Richmond has funded new school construction with a meals tax increase approved by City Council in 2018. Stoney declined to provide a timeline for when construction might begin. Virginia has a new guide for how to deal with sea level rise and increased flooding caused by climate change. Sam Turkin from partner station WHRO reports on the sweeping plan released yesterday. The framework will guide state and local officials as they consider initiatives to reduce flood risk. During a news briefing Thursday in Norfolk, Governor Ralph Northam said Virginia will pay for the projects by putting a cap on carbon and then selling emission allowances to companies. We knew that the sea level was rising and we knew that we needed to come up with a plan, a resiliency plan, and how to adapt to all this. According to the Virginia Institute of Marine Science, 
sea levels around Hampton Roads could rise by at least one and a half feet by 2050. The new resilience plan includes five guiding principles. One of them considers relocating people from areas that could become uninhabitable because of constant flooding. Ann Phillips is the governor's special assistant for coastal adaptation and protection. You have people that have lived in a place a long time. Some of them might want to leave, some of them might not. Well, we have to figure out a way to give them some choices. Phillips also serves on WHRO's board of directors. Northam said officials will host roundtable discussions in the coming months to gather input from people in coastal areas. Sam Turkin, VPM News. National Prescription Drug Take-Back Day is tomorrow. Police departments around the state are offering secure drop-off locations for expired, unused, and unwanted drugs. Patrick Larson has more on the effort to reduce substance abuse. VCU Pharmacy graduate students are organizing a drug disposal event with University Police. It's one of many in the Richmond area. Organizers say leaving drugs around can lead to accidental or unwanted use, and just tossing them in the trash does little to help. Plus, flushing drugs can be destructive to wildlife and water supplies. The event runs from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. on Saturday at two locations, outside Cabell Library and in the VCU Police Department lobby. Students will also be handing out the overdose reversal drug naloxone and information on opioid addiction. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Richmond landlords have filed more than 3,500 evictions since the start of the pandemic, and advocates say this is worsening the city's eviction crisis. As Virginia decides, Yasmin Juma reports on how Richmond mayoral candidates plan to tackle the issue. In 2016, the eviction lab at Princeton University named Richmond the second highest evicting city in the country. Since then, officials have tried to improve the city's standing with a program that aims to mediate between landlords and tenants to keep people in their homes. Since the start of COVID-19, nearly 50,000 Richmonders have filed for unemployment. Without work, many are struggling to make rent. Folks are literally at the courthouse getting arrested for protesting evictions in our city. That is the crisis. That's mayoral candidate Alexis Rogers. She's the Virginia State Director for Care and Action. I would make sure that we are fully funding the eviction diversion program. I would make sure that we are opening up more affordable housing so that folks can get ahead and not fall behind. Another mayoral contender, attorney Justin Griffin, says city operations need restructuring. He says he would do this with stricter code enforcement, cracking down on slumlords, and fast-tracking city processes standing in the way of development. I've had conversations with people who are unable to get the permits and inspections that they need to build a building or renovate a building, and that adds cost, and that adds delays. Andrew Clark is a lobbyist with the Home Builders Association of Virginia. He says the permitting process is just one of several hurdles to building affordable housing for low and very low income residents. It's extremely difficult, if not impossible, to get there without some kind of incentive for either the nonprofits or the private sector. While economic hardship is one of the root causes behind evictions, housing advocates say it's also about equity. And this is a key issue in November's mayoral election. Incumbent Mayor LeVar Stoney says institutional racism is responsible for Richmond's housing woes. We need to increase black home ownership in the city of Richmond by moving blighted properties, tax delinquent properties to the Maggie Walker Land Trust and getting those in the hands of black residents and brown residents to create generational wealth. Stoney recently proposed creating new revenue from expiring real estate tax exemptions to support the city's affordable housing trust fund. He predicts this will generate about $2 million each year. 
I live in a historic neighborhood, Jackson Ward, where I only have four neighbors remaining on my block. They've been pushed out due to high taxes. Richmond City Council member Kim Gray is also running for mayor. I think we need to protect long-term residents with tax deferrals, and I think we need to incentivize affordable housing through our abatement programs. Lobbyist Andrew Clark says Richmond is running out of space, so the solution is to build up. Increasing density is essentially the best way of ensuring that you're able to provide more affordable housing stock, more mixed income communities. Gray's voting record on city council shows a pattern of opposing zoning changes in historic neighborhoods. Those changes would allow high density affordable housing. Eviction lab data shows filings in Richmond have dropped since the start of the pandemic. But recently, it shows filings increasing, even with a federal moratorium in place through December 31st. Eric Dunn is with the National Housing Law Project. If there's not something else that comes along to replace it, then we could be right back facing the eviction tsunami again in January with more than 20 million evictions nationwide. I don't know exactly how many Virginia would be looking at, but probably hundreds of thousands. And that could lead to a public health crisis during a pandemic. Yasmin Jama, VPM News. All the stories you've heard can be found online at vpm.org news. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. VPM. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.